Welcome to day 289 of Shaped by the Word. We are in our third season together, uh, which is the story of the prophets. And uh, we've been reading through Ezekiel, and yesterday we covered a very, very graphic passage that describes uh, the heartbreak that God experiences and the unfaithfulness of people, and he compares it to uh, the most lewd acts of adultery, you know, that are imaginable. And, of course, the most lewd attitude toward promiscuous lovers, you know, that we could possibly imagine. And in it, we reveal the deep hurt, you know, that our unfaithfulness uh, brings upon a God who is a sovereign God, a holy God, a God who created everything, you know, by the word of his mouth and brought it into its being, but yet is not untouched uh, by our sin and by our unfaithfulness and by our, our lack of devotion to him. So the story is of two sisters, and one represents, you know, Israel, and the other one represents, you know, Judah. Uh, Israel was one who immediately went into idolatry, and of course, Judah would have judged her for, you know, not having temple worship, not having the rituals that are taking place in the temple, you know, not having, you know, the, the vestiges of, of honoring God. But even though Judah did have the vestiges of honoring God, the temple, the temple worship, the rituals, you know, that they were going through, their hearts were every bit as far from God as uh, their sister Israel, and so she is guilty not simply of the same prostitution, but an even greater prostitution. So we have talked about Ohola, and now we will talk about Olaba, uh, which is Jerusalem. So we pick up in 22, verse 22 of chapter 23 of Ezekiel. Uh, but before we read, um, as we always do, we ask the Lord to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive his word and to let it make us uncomfortable where it needs to make us uncomfortable. Let it encourage us where it needs to encourage us. But for us to allow him to do his work through his spirit, through his word, to build us up in the image of his son. So before we read, David, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. Father, we do ask um, that as we turn to your word, um, that you through your spirit um, would give us the ability to see ourselves honestly and in that. Um, may we, um, as we often need to do, may we repent and in that turn back to you, not just with parts of our heart, but with all of our heart. We know that's only a work um, that you can do in us. And, and so we ask that you um, would do that deep heart work through your word. We pray us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Ezekiel twenty three twenty two. Therefore, holabah. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will stir up your lovers against you, those who turn, those you turned away from in disgust, and I'll bring them against you from every side, the Babylonians and the Chaldeans, the men of Pekod, and Shoah and Koah, and all the Assyrians with them, handsome young men, all of them governors and commanders, chariot officers, and men of high rank, all mounted on horses. They will come against you with weapons, chariots, and wagons, and with a song of people. They will take up positions against you on every side with large and small shields and with helmets. I will turn you over to them for punishment, and they will punish you according to their standards. I will direct my jealous anger against you, and they will deal with you in fury. They will cut off your noses and your ears, and those of you who are left will fall by the sword. They will take away your sons and daughters, and those of you who are left will be consumed by fire. They will also strip you of your clothes and take your fine jewelry. So I'll put a stop to the lewdness and prostitution you began in Egypt. You will not look on these things with longing or remember Egypt anymore. 
For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I'm about to deliver you into the hands of those you hate, those you turned away from and disgust. They will deal with you in hatred and take away everything you've worked for. They will leave you stark naked and shame of your prostitution will be exposed. Your lewdness and promiscuity have brought this on you because you've lusted after the nations and defiled yourself with their idols. You've gone the way of your sister, so I'll put her cup into your hands. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You will drink your sister's cup, a cup large and deep. It will bring scorn and derision, for it holds so much. You'll be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, the cup of ruin and desolation, the cup of your sister Samaria. You will drink it and drain it dry and chew on its pieces, and you will tear your breast. I have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Since you have forgotten me and turned your back on me, you must bear the consequences of your lewdness and prostitution. The Lord said to me, Son of man, will you judge? Ohalai and Oholabah went then confront them with their detestable practices, for they have committed adultery and blood is on their hands. They committed adultery with their idols. They even sacrificed their children whom they bore to me as food for them. They've also done this to me. At the same time, they defiled my sanctuary and desecrated my Sabbaths. On the very day they sacrificed their children to their idols, they entered my sanctuary and desecrated it. That is what they did in my house. They even sent messengers for men who came from far away. And when they arrived, you bathed yourself for them, applied eye makeup, and put on your jewelry. You sat on an elegant couch with a table spread before it on which you had placed the incense and olive oil that belonged to me. The noise of a carefree crowd was around her. Drunkards were brought from the desert along with men and the rabble. And they put bracelets on the wrists of the women and her sisters uh, and her sister and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said about the one worn out by adultery, now let them use her as a prostitute, for that is all she is. And they slept with her, as men sleep with a prostitute. So they slept with those lewd women, Ola and Holaba. But righteous judge will sentence them to the punishment of women who commit adultery and shed blood, because they are adulterous and blood is on their hands. This is what the sovereign Lord says, bring a mob against them and give them over to terror and plunder. The mob will stone them and cut them down with their swords. They will kill their sons and their daughters and burn down their houses. So I'll put an end to the lewdness in the land, and all the women may take warning and not imitate you. You will suffer the penalty for your lewdness and bear the consequences of the sin of idolatry. Then you will know that I am a sovereign Lord. Of course, verse 49 reminds us of what we are indeed talking about. Well, these are very deaf, you know, graphic, you know, descriptions of sexual infidelity. Uh, these are, we're talking about idolatry and how the people have given themselves body, soul, and spirit, you know, to other gods. And we talked about how, you know, Israel has been divided into two nations. Israel immediately, you know, slips into idolatry and the worship of the bells and the setting up of the golden calves and the different worship shrines that are part of it. So Judah has smugly looked down upon them because they've maintained an outer pretense, mm-hmm. you know, faithfulness to God, the temple worship, the temple rituals, uh, you know, the daily practices and things like that. But in this particular instance, you know, God says uh, you go to one place and you offer your children, which actually had happened in Israel, the offering, you know, of, of you know, children to Chemosh, uh, the Moab, Moabite God. And then just casually kind of walk into the temple all in the same breath. And you really don't realize, you know, the depth of what you've done. So we do have graphic descriptions here, and they are very 
Mm-hmm. Uh, very hard to read and very hard to uh, yeah. Now that process. Was, that was verse 39 you're talking about, and that's one of the verses that stood out to me and, and just how we can, just like the people here, kind of become a people who just so kind of casually enter into the presence of the Lord or, or for us kind of show up on a Sunday when our hearts have been hopefully not sacrificing our children to idols, <laughs> but in many ways our hearts have been chasing after so many other things. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of just walk in and, and wonder why we maybe don't have affections for the Lord or why we don't really care about his people. And, and yet we're doing this kind of religious rhythm. And, and so I think that is definitely something that happens so often in our day and age as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it's, it's, it's a graphic example of how we segment our life and we have a quiet time and then we quickly jump into you know, I, I, you know, I, I, uh, just our pursuit of other, you know, kind of things. And so we want to kind of uh, have the outward appearance of, and, and it's a very casual thing, you know, but it comes because we don't see the whole of our life offered to the whole of our God, which affects everything that we are and everything we do. And I wouldn't want to make too strong of, you know, a, a connection here, but when you mean, talk about sacrificing our children. One of the consequences of our unfaithfulness to God is the impact that it will have on our kids. Mm-hmm. And of course, the best thing you can offer your kids is not to send them to a Christian school or to Sunday school or, you know, to a summer camp. But the best gift you can offer them is wholehearted, genuine love, you know, for the Heavenly Father in which they see your affection, mm-hmm. not just simply, you know, a routine uh, that is empty and devoid, you know, of meaning, which is what Judah had been reduced to, mm-hmm. just a routine. Mm-hmm. You remember how Isaiah opened it, opened his prophecy. What is all this trampling of my courts? Why do you mm-hmm. continue to offer these sacrifices? Why do you continually come in? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they are of no account to me. When you, this whole chapter is just a reminder to me of how, how strong of a storyteller God is, but also the prophets and using this allegory. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but you know, stories like this, it's, it's, it's one thing of the prophets, and they did at times just came and, you know, this is the word of the Lord, you've sinned against the Lord. And, we you know, just kind of directly charge them for what they're doing. But here he tells this story of unfaithful sisters, and all of a sudden you begin to hear the story, and you say, well, this is awful. And it reminds me of when, you know, Nathan comes to David and he tells yeah. him the story, and David says, that's horrible. And he says, well, you're that man. <laughs> you know, and, and here it's, here's the two adulterous sisters, and you hear, you know, one is Samaria, and you think, well, yeah, they got what's coming to them. You know, they were sinners and idolatrous people. And then all of a sudden it's, and now here's you, and here's your unfaithfulness. And yeah. we begin to see, oh, we are we are those sisters. Yeah, and what makes you worse is the outer pretense mm-hmm. of, of faithfulness. Yeah. You know, the hypocrisy is what you know, makes it, you know, what makes it worse. And, and again, you know, we were just reminded that all of us would be this deeply offended if one we had given our complete love and devotion to return to our love and devotion, uh, you know, with this kind of promiscuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd be devastated. And, and of course, you know, this is the way that God helps us step into the experience of idolatry and what our sin, you know, means means to him. And it's far more, you know, graphic, you know, than we might have imagined. Yeah. Y'all, I mean, I, I know this is very on point for me, um, but... I got emotional as you read it out loud because just got we got to verse 29 and following and I could I couldn't help but think of Jesus because it says later in 29 they will leave you stark naked and the shame of your prostitution will be exposed 
Your lewdness and promiscuity have brought this on you because you lusted after the nations and defiled yourself with their idols. Uh, And then in that little stanza, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, you will drink your sister's cup, a cup large and deep. It will bring scorn and derision for it holds so much. And, And then just keep reading. But I just kept thinking like Jesus faced that type of scorn and he faced that type of embarrassment, you know, being stripped of his clothes and bare, and drinking the cup that that we deserve to drink. And he did all of that for us and he did it, he did it in place of us so that we wouldn't have to bear the weight of the sin that we are deserving of this punishment and this judgment. And so man, that is just so powerful to me that that he has done that on our behalf and to think that my sin is what, I'm sorry, I'm taking us over, but to think that my sin is what led to to that, um, to him having to do that. And he did it, he did it willingly um, and, and lovingly, you know, and he had such compassion well, on us. There's so many biblical theology, you know, biblical theology themes here. One is, of course, when sin entered the world for the very first time, Adam and Eve uh, were naked and full of shame. And of course, uh, if someone was caught in adultery, that would be part of their judgment that they'd be stripped naked in order to expose mm-hmm. you know, their shame. And of course, what if part of what the Babylonians did uh, when they put people into captivity would bring them into the city naked to be jeered at in their shame of having been defeated. And of course, Christ himself was stripped naked on the cross. Uh, bearing our shame, mm-hmm. and, and so the, the portrait is one. And of course, uh, the cup of God's wrath and the cup of God's joy are two different cups we find in Scripture reference. And He took out of us, you know, out of our hands, the cup of His wrath, and He mm-hmm. gave us instead the cup of joy, which is the blood of you know the 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 cup of the new covenant and His blood mm-hmm. for the forgiveness of our sin. Yeah. Father, we thank you for Christ. And we thank you that the shame that should have been ours, the nakedness that should have been exposed, he took on himself on the cross. And we thank you that you have clothed us with Christ Jesus. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.